Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr. Always happy to share my opinion. We review podcasts and look for clues to why some make it big. And some don't make it at all. This week, we'll be reviewing Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. All righty, Michael, we got a fun one this week. Some yeah. comedy. Sure. Conan. I guess we had we have to do the big ones every once in a while, don't we? Uh, see yeah. if we can see if we can learn from the best, right? Well, exactly. So this is a classic comedic one, famous guy, Conan yep. O'Brien. He's got a podcast. And I think it's interesting that this has really kind of become his thing now. This is his media. This is how he engages. Yeah, this is how he makes a living. And yeah. Yeah, well, presumably makes yeah. a living. Um, you know, if we've talked. I don't know how much of a living he needs to make at That's this right. point. I mean, I, he, I'm hoping Conan's uh, okay. Yeah, I don't think he's focusing on monetization of this. No, but it clearly did. So this was recently picked up by um, SiriusXM. They purchased this for full rights, 150 million dollars, to basically own the entire production. Yeah, uh, which is a little bit different. I hear than from other podcasters who tend to just sell the rights. But okay. they basically picked. They basically now own the entire thing for well. Was um, that, that price just his show, or yeah. was that also Team Coco? I think it's the Team Coco entire thing. Is my impression when I read the article on right. what they had purchased. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because Team Coco is an entity in and of correct. itself. That's they correct. are the company that produces this uh, podcast. Right. right, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Uh, but they also do other things. They have other podcasts and they have a whole team uh, that does production. So I, I think it is interesting. Yeah, that the they, exact components, yeah. I, I didn't read the deal as far as exactly what it is. But my understanding is that um, that they do own this Team Coco. And, the, and the, the, the reason for doing it was that they can distribute this across their various networks for um, sales, advertising revenue. This is This is the model. There is a bit of other things that they have. They've got some merchandise on there, Team Coco. But this is a this is an advertising sales deal, and this is that. certainly a demonstrated successful podcast, right? He's been doing this for several years. He's got two hundred and seventy-one episodes as of oh, really? Of that June. many? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Well, he, he does two a week. Okay, two a week. Right. Yeah, so yeah. this is uh, again, he's really going after this. This is his kind of full-time gig, uh, you know, with Team Coco. Uh, again, we, we're going to talk more about yeah. this and the, and the team and support that this isn't just Conan writing these shows and doing all this How content. How much prep do you think he does? Or do you think this is mostly just Conan doing Conan, winging it? Uh, well, I think that's exactly his right. style. I, think I don't think he prepares very much at all. Right. I, I think I would assume there's there's minimal preparation. I think you you know you know what you're going to get, right? Yeah. He's a he's a sharp guy. The the podcast is really all about playing off. The guests, 
they say something and then Conan kind of, you know, latches onto yeah, it and yeah. takes it where it needs to go. This is his genius. Right. Um, the counterpuncher, as they right. say, right, in, in boxing, right? He, uh, he plays off of what happens. And I think that the spontaneity is really important to him. In fact, uh, you know, he does kind of an opening monologue, comedic thing on multiple episodes uh, I've listened to. And even in one, right, he kind of talks about it. Right? He starts right out saying, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Right. Right. It's almost he like they, he doesn't know that he's not even prepped at all. Uh, right. Yeah. And maybe he he's, might not even know who the guest is for all we know. Right. He's just kind of winging it. Right. And this is part of what makes him fun to right. listen to. Right. Absolutely. You just right. don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. It never sounds scripted. He may have done this on, he, he, he may be better off like this, right? It may be, you yeah. know, if he, if he, the less he has to think of it ahead of time the more he can really, the more he can play off what's being said. I think, again, I use yeah. this word genius, but this is what his genius is. It's not yeah. It's not about the preparation. It's this one with an Ottawa bus driver and the guy comes on hot. He refers to it. Where as soon as the show starts, the, the bus driver oh, like is okay. the first person to talk. And yeah. Conan just thinks this is, it's like, whoa, like who is this guy, right? I mean, <laughs> this was really what this episode was all about. Yeah. And he brought it up time and time again during the interview yeah. where he basically was just shocked that some guy would just, you know, be the first one to to shout out before basically even the introduction. Yeah. So, um, so this is this is what it's yeah. all about. Well, we did pick a couple of episodes in this case, yeah. and we'll talk about why there's two because uh, there's really two different formats, right? Yes, two different formats. So the the first one here is uh, pharmacies and fast food in Cairo. So this one goes back to um, November 2021. Actually, both of the episodes that we are going to highlight here are their back-to-back episodes uh, in that period. It just happens that this is when I was first doing my kind of study of podcasts and yeah. really looking at different formats and, and styles, and I reviewed Conan early on. And so we're just kind of getting to the review now, but that's why the episodes we picked are from you know, more than six months ago, it just happened to be uh, when I first started looking at uh, listening to to Conan. So, yeah, pharmacies and fast food in Cairo is this just woman from Cairo. She's not famous. She's a pharmacist. <laughs> and he gets her on and they talk about all kinds of things in Cairo. And again, this is one of the formats. Um, he picks these kind of average Joe, like the bus driver from Toronto and he just lets them lets them start talking, telling their story, and he makes it funny, right? And he counter punches, right? He finds funniness in in what they're doing there. And then the other episode um, we kind of hone in on here, just because I think we both like them, <laughs> was uh, Howie Mandel, right. right? Again, different format. These are longer shows. Um, the one with the a pharmacist from Cairo is 24 minutes. The one with Howie is an hour long episode. So I like the fact that he does two different formats. And it's not about, you know, he publishes on Mondays and Thursdays. Like, you know, every Monday is one format and every Thursday is another. It's pretty randomized. So it's very dangerous, obviously, to bring in complete strangers and put them on your podcast because you really do not know what you're going to get because you, you don't know what they're going to talk about right you, you, yeah. you don't even and in this case um even though there is a, the podcast is called conan needs a friend and, and so i think there's this theme of friendship that is this underlying current 
you know, we've done some other podcasts, for example, um, with Seth Rogen and with, with Christine Blackbird, where um, strangers come on and they, and they say, oh, tell me your best story. Right. So this is often, this is often a winner, right? And we've discussed this before. Yep. But he doesn't go down this route, right? So he doesn't. It's not a story. It's not a story, you know, because yeah. you can usually, if you're going to have a complete stranger, they might have one good story. Hit me with your best shot, right? Yeah. And I'll try and make something out of it. Now, the problem with a story for Conan is that the person would have to tell the story and Conan wouldn't be able to inter- interject yep, yep. with his comedic skill. Yep. But that was not the route they went. The, most of these, and I listened to about three of them, a lot of the, <clears throat> the, the discussions were around their job. So, and if you look at what it is, you know, what do they do? What do right? they do? So yep. whether the theme, which is, you know, Conan needs a friend, does that mean anything? I feel... I feel that you should play it. I think it's a great theme yeah. and that you should play on it. You think, ah, oh, the theme doesn't matter. This is all about well, Conan O'Brien as comedic genius. Well, I think that it's, for me, Conan needs a friend. I'm a loser. I've got no friends. Please be my friend. Yeah. Right? He brings these people on. So you're a fan. You listen, you listen to me. You think I'm funny. Will you be my friend? I, I mean, I think friendship is such a fundamental problem in America or maybe worldwide. It's a very relatable. I think it could be used not only for its for the comedic aspect, but as a, as a real opportunity for people, if as opposed to just having the you know the girl from Cairo come on and talk about her uh, job as a pharmacist, and then she but she'd moved into the cosmetics industry, and you know if you were going to come up with some sort of banter around it, of course, so she's a pharmacist, so she has access to medications and you know drugs, so that yeah he this, plays that this, yeah, he plays yeah. this up. This is basically the yeah. the spiel, and then he's got the hookup right, yeah right, yeah. and then. <laughs> And then it goes into uh, the cosmetic aspect. So it's, oh, what can I, you know, what can you give to me? They make jokes about his um, pale complexion and she's all about, you know, I think you need, you know, 10 layers of sunscreen. You know, if I was to write, like if I wrote this bit, this is what I would, you know, and I'm not a comedic genius by, you know, this is the bit I would write, right? This is exactly what I would write. You know, I was looking for more. They did talk a little bit about, oh, what do friendships look like in in Egypt, in Cairo. Yeah. And so she did elaborate a little bit of, oh, it's all about going out to dinner and, and you eating, know, we eating and, and we, you know. And I mean, what do you eat? You eat yeah. pigeon. Yeah, whatever. Right, yeah. You know. So well, that was a funny little bit. I, yeah. I enjoyed that, particularly because I've had pigeon yeah. here in Hong Kong. Okay. And it is an unusual <laughs> dish to eat because at least here, when I had it, they served the whole pigeon. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's the whole bird. Well, we've talked this all. before, yeah. right? You, yeah. you know, we live in the city where... If it doesn't come with a head, then there's something wrong. Right, yes. Um, but I just think there's so much more opportunity to, to use the friendship angle. What do friendships look like? If I'd done this, you know, I wouldn't have done that. I would have continued with the friend thing. Maybe I would have brought on friends and we could have, they could have talked about how their friendships yeah. evolved. If you look back at his history, it's, it's clear that he's a very sharp guy. And I don't think that he needs to just play on this, oh, every, you know, with... How can I develop this little bit that that person's just said? Um, yeah. I think there's more. I think there's more opportunity for for yeah. him to really showcase his intelligence. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about team because we've okay. talked about this before and, you know, Adam Grant and his team and uh, some of the other ones that we've reviewed really do, you know, talk and they have, you know, maybe at the end like credits, they, they list out all these people who've helped them with their production. But Conan's a little different. He doesn't call... Sona, his co-host, although, right, she's basically been doing the show with him for years now, and yeah. she's been, you know, on mic for this podcast 
for you know a hundred episodes okay. or something, um, but he still doesn't call her a co-host. So you and I started kind of calling her a, a, a sidekick, right? But well, think, we talked earlier about yeah. format. This format has become obviously very popular in the podcasting space. I call it this to me is the is the entourage. So there's I think there's I would say there's two concepts. There's the sidekick, right? You know, this is the typical uh, Ed McMahon to Johnny Carson. Or, or for years, Conan had Andy Richter as his sidekick. He was right. the, you know, the straight, what we call the, the straight man, perhaps in comedy, right? Yeah. But more recently, we've seen this this thing in podcasting, which I would call the entourage. So you bring in a team. It could be, you know, just two people, or it could be more. And I think if you ask me who developed this concept, you know, I'd probably say it goes back to Howard Stern. I mean, I think Howard Stern developed this, where okay. he had individual. People that you knew their names and they had comedic kind of, you know, nicknames yeah. and you knew what you were going to get from each of them. And, and he knew how to interact with all of them. This was kind of his genius. You know, we see it with um, with Joe Rogan. Obviously, he has the entourage. Um, so I, I think this works really, really well for yeah. Conan. And they're not, I don't, I wouldn't call her a sidekick because there's the other the other guy there, kind of the producer guy. Right. Matt. Matt. Yeah. Um, Matt Gorley. The more people, the better for Conan because... Again, what he's he does off is them. he's playing off specific things that those individuals say, and he and then he dives deeper. So, right. in Conan's case, the more the better. He's he's far better off with a with a group, which is why I think this podcast succeeds, yeah, as opposed yeah. to say a Malcolm Gladwell, who is really it's just about the conversation, right? It's it, this is a one on one type of yeah. thing. Um, and I do want to play an example of. Sona jumping in because okay. I think this speaks to the dynamic here and what we're talking about with him having multiple people and their comfort with him, okay. right? So Sona's been with him for a long time. She was his assistant bringing him coffee and stuff, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And now she's really part of the show. Um, but this clip is her <laughs> jumping in and basically calling him a loser. So let me let me play this. <laughs> call that a chest and uh <laughs> go to the gym loser go to the gym loser yeah <laughs> that's right sona okay so that was that was sona jumping in as he's kind of playing you know he's doing this joke on you know about him getting picked on on yeah. the beach right so i also noted that in this episode there's another guy named david who he doesn't introduce really you just hear his name, David. Actually, his guest says, hi, David, okay. early on. And I went, who's David? And I'm looking at the episode notes and, you know, there's there's no mention of David. He's never really introduced. And then I noticed in the Howie Mandel one, the, the next episode, um, he does actually introduce David. David is Sona's assistant. Oh, really? The assistant <laughs> of the assistant. The assistant of the assistant because Matt was not around. And again, okay. he wants the different players to right. play he off of, right, he needs multiple people around right. him while he's recording. And so um, David Hopper is uh, is on in replace of Matt Gorley in that particular episode. <laughs> so I completely agree. This is part of the format, part of the chemistry, the fuel, if you will, yep. for Conan's comedy is to have these people he can play off of. And particularly when he's got a complete stranger on there, I think there's comfort for him that if things start to go a little squirrely, that Sona or Matt or maybe David will kind of jump in and give him something to work with. 
Yeah. Right. And I think that's be, why they're there. It would be interesting to see how hard it is to fill this role, this, you know, this entourage role. Your job is to just add fuel to the fire, kind of yeah. throw stuff in when you can. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not the star. You know, you have you can't take you're not supposed to take over the show, but you're supposed to sort of play your role when is needed. It's an interesting role uh, for, you know, for podcasters out there. I is so an, I want to make a point um, statistically because, okay. right, we love our analysis, right. right? Our systematic approach here to reviewing these things. So on the short episode with the uh, woman from Cairo, Conan speaks 61% of the time okay. on that episode. So again, he's the star. Right. He's the you're, star. You're tuned in because you right. like Conan. Right. And in order to deliver value to his audience, to his fans, he knows you expect to hear his voice. Yeah. Right, so he he speaks predominantly in that episode. Uh, she gets in about thirty five percent, and then you have Sona, right, right. Um, the remaining you know, five to ten for the most, right, yeah, uh, some of the rest of it. With Howie, um, it's pretty evenly split. Conan's got forty four percent. Howie's got forty percent. But there was also a bit at the end about 10 minutes at the end of that episode right, where Howie's quiz. already yeah. gone off, right? And they do this bit with the, uh, the right, big the quiz, thing, quiz yeah. thing, right? So that actually increased some of Conan's time and, uh, uh, and Sona. Well, I think it's worth yeah. talking about. So let's, yeah. if we move on from the, from the short bits with the complete strangers right. and we move to what you know, really should be the meat of the podcast, which is the Conan Needs a Friend bit which yeah and again you know we're all about theme like i i know you say oh you know it's it's just comedic but it's not conan the podcast right it's not conan brian the Con like he has specifically said conan needs a friend and so i you know i think he's got to play up uh, on this i listened to another and, he, and he does play that angle a little bit he with does Howie, he right? does so and, he, he, and he certainly did it with i listened to one with molly shannon from saturday night live yeah and yeah, I think, you know, I think we're friends and she talked about friendship and there was, uh, they talked about personal, Molly's, um, Molly Shannon's life, um, you know, was quite tragic when she was a child. So they talked a lot about this particular aspect. But I'll admit, I don't listen to Conan for, you know, intellectual stimulation. But I think there's a possibility. I think he's a smart guy. I think I'm, maybe I'm interested in that. Okay. I, I, I get it. And, and I will say, actually, I've got a, one of the questions that he asks, um, how we, teed up because I did think it was, you know, a sign of him going a little deeper, right? So they're building friendships, they're getting to know each other. Uh, I'll just play this. For years, you were the guy, you know, whenever you'd come on the show, I'd be reminded by the segment producer, Frank Smiley, he'd say, remember how he, you know, don't shake his hand, don't hug him, you fist bump him. And I'll admit, we all thought, what's Howie's deal? What is Howie's deal? Now, you've See? been proven right. Do you feel some sense of sick satisfaction that all this time you were right and we were wrong? You know, I, I've made jokes and the word Howie in Latin means told you, but, but <laughs> I... I uh... Right, so this is just, again, an example. What of... point are you trying to... Okay, go ahead. You're going to make a point here. <laughs> I'm, wait, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, so the, the point is that this is interview style yes. also, yep. right? Conan does do some prep, um, but I thought this was a pretty sensitive topic and question, right? So about his 
phobia, you know, germophobia thing. And I thought this was fairly sensitive territory to go. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always have to be funny, right? So you're building friendships. You know, it's got to be funny enough. No, the, <laughs> to the, keep your the fans interview with happy. Molly Shannon was very personal, and she told a very, you know, she told there was a personal aspect to this interview. And, you know, so, and you saw his ability to interact with people on a very personal nature. I yeah. think it does exist. I, you know, as Conan gets older and older, the kind of crazy, you know, whoa, you know, thing, um, you know, has less appeal. Obviously, he knows who the, the A-list guests are. He can prep a little bit with questions. You and I both believe that for the other ones, the, you know, Conan needs a fan people. Yeah, I don't completely. even think they tell him who's coming on. It's like... Oh, you know, you're, we're going to bring somebody on and, and you're going to develop this. We'll tell you what his job is. Yeah. You know, and that's all you're going to get. Right. Even if that, I mean, he may not even have that. Right. Um, he didn't seem to know where this uh, pharmacist was from. All he knew was she was far away. He asked her, I hear you live somewhere Yeah, distant? the bus driver yeah. from Ottawa, he had to, develop, yeah. you know, he, he, it wasn't like he knew where this person was. Yeah. He had to, he had yeah. to pull this out. From this person. Yeah. Um, so I also wonder, we'll never know, of course, but how many of these fail? Yes. Right? I, I Does agree. he record a bunch of these and some of them are complete you know, duds? Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, hit the editing floor and go, yeah, no, that's just not going to work. Yeah. I'll right? bet they throw, yeah. they may very well throw half out. I, I You're absolutely yeah, I right. Mean, I would hope not that the staff is prepared enough and has interviewed these people a little bit ahead of time um, to hear some of their story and you know kind of get a feel for them how yeah. they might sound on the air. So anyway, yeah, that, uh, you would. But hope it's not a story, this. you know. It it is again. It's not like you know um, Seth Rogen, where basically you know yeah, they yeah. pitch they pitch their story or the five minute podcast we did where you know it was give me your one best piece of advice, right? right, right. That's not what it is. So. They've chosen yeah. people because they think their jobs are unique. Yeah. Um, whether it was the death row prison guard or the girl, the pharmacist in Cairo, yeah. or the uh, you know bus driver who has crazy yeah. things happen. Well, to I've him. seen this you know a few examples of folks soliciting for people with particular kinds of stories. I'm actually engaged with one podcast right now that they posted something online looking for people with certain types of stories. I have some of those stories. So I sent them a note and just said, Hey, are you still looking for guests? Yeah. You know, I may have some stories that would, uh, that would fit. And I got it almost an immediate response, but it was a response to a kind of digging deeper. Right? right. So, you know, can you write a one liner that describes, you know, a couple of these different stories so we can see if something fits. So my assumption is, um, and also this was not the, the host, it was an assistant sure. or whatever who was you know interacting with me. But my assumption is that at some point they would be either a pre-call or some other almost kind of pre-interview to say, is this guy really got the chops to pull this off before we schedule him you know to do a segment on the show? So my assumption is that his staff, Team Coco, is doing something similar with these random folks. Um, oh, I have, no, I, have no, I have no doubt. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how, you know, there's right. obviously a 1-800 number. Somehow you get in contact and you, you've yeah, got there's a, URL. You've you got to go sell, yeah, you've gotta sell your, say, you sell yeah. your shtick. Um, right, yeah. yeah. Um, let's, I mean, I'm interested in talking a bit about production maybe. At yeah, the, yeah. The end I, was here. Just, I, um, I was just about to say, yeah, we should talk about production a little bit. Um, he's got that song at the beginning. Right. You found the band? Yeah, it's the White Stripes. It's, it's White called Stripes, We're Going yeah. to Be Friends. He obviously, you know, this is, a, I would say, a yeah. relatively famous song, and it works really, really well. And, All right, wait, and, I've prepared a clip of that, oh, too. Fantastic. Right, let's, let's play a little bit of that. 
Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. There's no sound bites that get, you know, injected. This is just a really straightforward podcast. Um, yeah. And I know we talked a little bit about advertising at the beginning, but on, at least on Apple Podcasts, there's no yeah. advertising. There's no advertising whatsoever. So the money's being made elsewhere, whether it's there's a you can buy yourself a Team Coco T-shirt or I think as they distribute this across the network, there's advertising yeah. revenue. But this is very easy to listen to. I yeah, on the advertising thing, I did note... There are some ads that I've heard him read, and he actually used kind of an affiliate network thing where he said, oh, you go to this URL slash Conan, or you give them this oh, really? code, you know, Conan, um, you get a discount, whatever. Um, unfortunately, I didn't know what episode oh. I, I picked those up on, so I, I can't tell you. Uh, he doesn't do it clearly all the time, but he does sometimes. Um, my impression was that it is with the longer episodes. He doesn't do okay. that on, on the shorter ones. But I also noted a musical transition at one point, too. And I'll, I'll play this because it actually confused me at the first time I heard it. It just popped up and all of a sudden there was this kind of seven-second transition. And then you know, he picks up again. And this was with the pharmacist in, in Egypt. And I was confused. I was like... What was he transitioning there? And I think this was kind of two things. I think that it was really a transition from one topic to another. I think they they were going from a comment about maybe he could get a a gig in a movie filmed in Cairo or whatever. And then they go on to talk about the... uh, of the sunscreen, okay. I think is is the transition there. But I'll, I'll play this for you. I thought it was actually an effective use of music as a transition, mm-hmm. but it was such a subtle transition, it almost seemed unnecessary to do it. So I think it was done by the editor just to break it up. There was a lot of dialogue, you know, in there, and so I think they used music just simply as you know, something for our ear to break up the sound of voices, um, which is okay. Let me play that. Maybe yeah. if I go to Cairo, they'd cast me in an action movie. For sure, definitely. Let's say I walked in. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend? The other piece I thought was interesting from a kind of production value, if you will, was at the very, very end, and this also kind of goes back to him, you know, having people around him, and he introduces the, the people who are on his team, and you know, full list of of credits. Matt Gorley does the, the credits at the end, and he lists all the people involved. But you have this guy named Brett Morris, who announces himself at the very end. He says, "You know, this episode was produced and edited by me, Brett Morris." Oh, I like that. Um, and then. The, the very last thing is this kind of musical um, or accompanied by music plug for Team Coco, which is also, I think, um, significant. Team Coco is really part of this production. 
Well, I think Conan's always been about his staff. So I think he's a decent guy. And I think yeah. he's, he's, he's obviously interested in, in uh, making sure that all of those people get recognition for the things they do. So Well, and clearly some loyalty. Sona's been with him for... Yeah, 13 years. Yeah, yeah 13 years. Uh, you know, Matt's been around a while. Uh, clearly these folks are benefiting from their relationship yeah, these are, these are, with I, him. These are good gigs, I think. If you, yeah. you, know, if you stick with Conan, um, you know, how, how much better yeah, can you they, do? Yeah, I noted... Um, Sona has 136,000 followers on Instagram okay. and 47,000 followers on Twitter. So, so she's, you know, building her own okay. you know, personal brand there and her own following, uh, which is which is great. She's actually, uh, I think she's just published a book oh, really? too. I think okay. she wrote a book. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and because I saw a clip of her talking about doing the audio book herself in okay. her own voice. So so yeah, she um, she recently did a did a book. Matt has sixty one thousand followers on Instagram and forty six thousand followers on Twitter. He also produces some other podcasts. In fact, he's got you know a, a podcast that he hosts called uh, With Gorley and Rust. He does another one, Bananas for Bonanza, <laughs> and there's something called Pistol Shrimps Radio and James Bonding. So um, so Matt's on this show regularly with Conan, but he also has a life of his own, a career of his own in, in other podcasts that he's doing and, and doing quite well with. Yeah. So my takeaway really f- for this, I tend to be a big theme guy. If you're going to name something and it's not just you, uh, I really like that. And for Conan, I think it's it's less about, it, it will be less about the comedy and more about what he can really add value to in the world. And I think he has the potential to do that and he can play down the comedic aspect. Like, I don't think he needs to yeah. try and grasp that. I think right. there's well, we'll real value. I disagree that he, on that. I, I think, think Conan real value is here. all about funny. I think the people who subscribe and listen expect laughs. It's okay to have a sentimental moment somewhere in the middle, but it's got to be funny. I don't think people are going to tune in and listen to Conan O'Brien. I guess so. Don't get me wrong. He he may very well be the foundation for the, whether it's the Earwolf platform or the SiriusXM. Awesome. Well, that was our review of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Next week, we'll be reviewing Very Serious with Josh Barrow. Seriously, you don't want to miss that review. So please subscribe. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Michael Kerr and Eric Byron. We're friends, too. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you'd like us to review your podcast, please let us know. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration.